The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, May 25th, 2020. The woman in your life will do what she must do To comfort you and calm you down And let you rest now The woman in your life, she can rest so easily She does everything you do because the woman in your life is you Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holt, and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, and my co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Elaine. Wow, it looks like it's going to be a really a warm day in Sonoma County. It's just amazing. Well, today is Memorial Day, and it's also the last Monday of the month, and I decided no guests for today. Because there's a lot to think about going on, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to do a show. I'm going to be the host here, and I'm going to be playing music. I'm going to be reading some poetry, and also I will be giving you some historical data on what this day is. Today is May 25th, 2020, and it's Memorial Day. And I will be talking about the history of Memorial Day, and I'll be doing the Women's Spaces Pledge. And I also, like I said, I will be playing uh, a doing a uh, poem or two. Let me give you just a little bit of history about Memorial Day. It was the first widely observed on May 30th, 1868 to to commemorate the sacrifices of the Civil War soldiers by proclamation of General John A. Logan of the Grand Army of the Republic, an organization of former Union soldiers and sailors. And it's very, very interesting. And so what I thought I would do before I go into a little deeper history and some of the do's and don'ts of Memorial Day, I thought I would play, since May was Mother's Day month, we had Mother's Day about uh, two Mondays ago that I did a Mother's Day show, I thought, you know, since this came out of the Civil War and the Mother's Day proclamation came out of this. Uh, looking at the carnage of the of the damages of what happened during that time, I thought I would play the Mother's Day proclamation once again to remind women that are listening that what Mother's Day is and what the proclamation was doing was calling out for peace, calling out for mothers no longer to allow their sons to be trained to kill other mothers' sons. So let's go ahead and listen to the Mother's Day proclamation, which was written by Julia Ward Howell, and this one is recited by Gazelia Rowe. After we listen to the proclamation, like I said, I'm going to give you a little more historical data on Memorial Day and some of the do's and don'ts. Mother's Day Proclamation by Julia Ward Howe Arise then, women of this day. Arise, all women who have hearts. Whether your baptism be of water or of tears, say firmly, we will not have questions answered by irrelevant agencies. Our husbands will not come to us, reeking with carnage, for caresses and applause. Our sons shall not be taken from us to unlearn all that we have been able to teach them of charity, mercy and patience. We, the women of one country, will be too tender of those of another country to allow our sons to be trained to injure theirs. From the voice of a devastated earth, a voice goes up with our own. It says, disarm, disarm. The sword of murder is not the balance of justice. Blood does not wipe our dishonor, nor violence indicate possession. As men have often forsaken the plow and the anvil at the summons of war, 
Let women now leave all that may be left of home for a great and earnest day of council. Let them meet first as women to bewail and commemorate the dead. Let them solemnly take counsel with each other as to the means whereby the great human family can live in peace. Each bearing after his own time the sacred impress, not of Caesar but of God, in the name of womanhood and humanity, I earnestly ask that a general congress of women without limit of nationality. May be appointed and held at some place deemed most convenient, and the earliest period consistent with its objectives to promote the alliance of the different nationalities, the amicable settlement of international questions, the great and general interests of peace. Wow, that is just amazing when I listen to that. So the human family can live in peace. You know, if war were the answer, you know we are. Honoring those young men and young women who sacrificed their life for freedom, for a purpose, a cause. You know, during the Civil War, it was to end slavery. It was to bring people together again. It was a, a, a way to acknowledge what she was talking about. Acknowledge that we're all part of the human family, and we must learn to live in peace. It is so important. You know, originally Memorial Day was known as Decoration Day. And it was meant to honor the Union and the Confederate soldiers who died during the American Civil War. By the 1900s, had become a day to celebrate all American soldiers who died while serving in the military. It wasn't until 1967. My goodness, from 1868 to 1967. That's that's over a hundred years. That they finally named Memorial Day, May 25th. They made it a legal holiday. You know, it was first widely observed on May 30th, 1868. Again, to co- to uh, mem- to con- commemorate the sacrifices of Civil War soldiers, and it was it's very interesting when you listen to the Mother's Day proclamation. How that was born by Julia Ward Howe was a group of women went to the battlefields, and what they found was carnage all around. They found horrible. They found legs and arms and hands and all these different things. And they, and she was just beside herself. And then she wrote that poem, and was so interesting. She also wrote the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Also, Julia Ward Howe also wrote that. So, and it was originally called Decoration Day to honor the deceased soldiers. They would decorate graves, you know, of their fallen comrades with flowers, flags, and wreaths. And you know, I looked. I found some very interesting facts out. Is things. Not to do on Memorial Day. The first thing is don't wish people a happy Memorial Day because this is a day. It's not Christmas, you know. It's a day to commemorate people who have sacrificed their life. The second is don't honor the current troops. You know, in other words, you don't go around showing our weaponry and showing all these things. This is a very solemn day that we're giving thanks and we're giving prayer for the families who sacrificed and also for the young men and women. And don't disregard its importance. Why I believe it's important is because we have to remember the the damage that war causes. You know, we were just listening to Amy Goodman、uh, before that, and when they were talking about the West Bank, what is happening there, how people are dying. And the sickness that's going on, and the wars that are happening there, you know, don't discard them. They're important to be aware of, and to do something about. And don't forget it exists. You know, it's more than a day to go shopping. You know, it's interesting right now that we have the pandemic, so it's not that easy to go to all the different stores that we go for all the sale. But don't forget it exists. 
and don't let politics politics keep you from offering respect. In other words, there are all kinds of different persuasions, all kinds of different ideas around war. The bottom line is, is that whoever sacrificed their lives, you know, I know my uncle Nathan uh, Dorfman was a uh, a soldier in World War II, and he didn't he didn't die, but he. But, Part of him died because he had PTSD for his whole life. So it's a time to just honor the sacrifice, the sacrifice of lives. And, you know, I, I start thinking about it. I says, that's right. It's about sacrificing lives. But they soldiers sacrificed lives in many, many different ways. I have a neighbor of mine who is still having nightmares from the Vietnam War. So it, it's very interesting when you start thinking of it in this way. And war is not the answer. War is, I think, I think we should put war on the bottom of our bucket list. You know, we need, we need to start working on peace. We need to start working on the environment. We need to start getting our medical up into a place where people are not dying because of this pandemic. I mean, 97,000 people in the United States have made their transition because of this virus. It's just amazing. We need to respect one another, respect our soldiers, give homage to them, and not be afraid to say, look it, thank you for serving, whether you agree with it or not. Because sometimes, you know, I disagree with war horribly. I remember remember protesting the Vietnam War. I remember the shock of, of... interviewing 50 uh, paraplegic young men that came back they called themselves you know uh, I, I can't remember the name of their their name of their group but they were all in wheelchairs telling me that they're not being taken care of it's a time to honor people who are willing to sacrifice it's a time to think about it it's a time to reflect well another thing that's happening today I mean gee when I think about it I just it just makes me feel so sad sad that we even indulge in wars sad you know I think of our airplane for example one of the to me one of the greatest inventions that humankind has made is the ability to fly I mean we figured a way to get up in the air and fly and we can fly for thousands and thousands of miles we can go to different countries we can see different aerial views we all the wonderful things that flying brings But at the same time, it brought one of the most disastrous things into the human family's life, and that's the ability to drop bombs from those little flying machines. And now we got drones that are running around. I mean, come on. Let's start looking at how we invest our money and our energies into peace, into love, into compassion. You know, and listen to that Mother's Day proclamation. You know, if you're a mother, you're responsible for all children, because if one child is harmed, your child can be harmed. And I just pity the day that any woman gets that phone call that her son or her daughter has been killed in a war. So that's a lot to think about, you know, and lots to think about. And, you know, it's really interesting because, you know, I write for the Sonoma County Gazette. I have a column for Santa Rosa called Santa Rosa Snippets. And I want to I do something at the end of the column. It's called Something to Think About. And I thought I would read uh, today's uh, comment. You can you cannot you cannot get through a single day without having an impact on the world around you. What you do makes the difference and you have to decide what kind of difference you want to make. In other words, what do you want to do for peace? What do you want to do to help people in this pandemic? You know, there's all kinds of questions we need to ask ourselves. And that was a quote by Dame Jane Morris Kudal, who's a, a promological and Anthropologist. Oh, God, I have a hard time with that word. What's that word, Ken? 
ant- anthropologist. Anthropologist. I'm sorry, Jane. <laughs> the world's uh, foremost expert on chimpanzees. I mean, I think that's really we make an impact every single day. Well, let's get going here. We're going to talk about a little bit about history. Today is May 25th, and I want to say happy birthday to two people that are deceased, two women that made an impact in all of our lives. Uh, May 25th, uh, Dorothy Wesley, she was a librarian and historian. She's one of the first African-American women to earn a master's degree in library science from Howard University in 1932. As a curator of the Moreland Springham Collection of Howard University, she helped it become a world-renowned resource on the history and culture of African-Americans. So that's happy birthday to Dorothy Wesley. She was born May 25, 1905, and deceased in 1995. And then we have another woman that's very, very interesting. And this is oh, this goes way back. This is all around the Civil War time that we were talking about when they wrote the Mother's Day Proclamation, May 25th, 1887. And she made her transition in 1943. Sue Shelton White, a Tennessee suffrage attorney and general consul who participated in the National Women's Party's Washington demonstrations, burning the effigy of President Wilson in front of the White House on February 9, 1919. She helped write Tennessee's first married, listen to this, Tennessee's first married women's property bill and an old age pension act and a mother's pension act. I'm telling you, here's a woman, all these two women, they made an impact because they saw an injustice, they saw something wasn't right and they were willing to put the energy into changing it. Well, we're going to do the Women's Faces Pledge, and uh, God, there's a lot to think about today. You know, what I would like you folks that are listening out there, if you could write me, send me an email to E-L-A-I-N-E, middle initial B, H-O-L-T-Z, at gmail.com. That's Elaine B. Holtz at gmail.com. Let me know what you think about this show, you know, your opinion. Do you think it covered some things that really inspired you? Or what, what's your thought about it? Because I'm trying to cover a lot of material here. And my the idea is to inspire, to inspire women to become involved. So let's do the Women's Spaces Pledge. And I'm going to ask, you know, since Ken is the only one, we're live here in the studio. Since you're the only one here, Ken, you're going to have to join me. Is that okay with you? That's okay. No, it's wonderful to have a little male energy in the room, especially when you have to come and do it. You're, we're all alone in the studio. Very few people are coming in, and it's it's just a very interesting time for all of us. So let's do the Women's Spaces Pledge. Just sit back in your chair or however you're listening and just relax. And the first thing I'm going to do is I'm just going to say the pledge. Just Just listen to it and try to absorb it. Try to take it in. Try to understand what it means. You know, just what does it mean? I have a, a friend of mine, I talked on the telephone, and she was telling me about her husband had a recent uh, a recent uh, physical challenge and suddenly found himself on the on the golf course, and he wasn't doing as well as he, as he was. And he came home, and he just felt so bad. He felt that all these people were looking at him and were making fun of him because he, you know, he wasn't quite up to par. And he didn't want to go back to the... To the golf course, and I said, you know, have him read the self-esteem pledge. You know, his self-esteem—it doesn't depend on anything outside of him. So let me—I'm just going to say the pledge, 
Just listen to it. Absorb it. My self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. My self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and my higher power. Now, what does that mean? My self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. That means other people don't make the decision of who you are. That's very important. You know, before I come on the radio, I do it five times. I say it to myself. My self-esteem doesn't depend on whether you like me or not like me. My self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and my higher power. And having that attitude, I'm able to move forward and do things that I feel are pretty good. Because I'm not afraid. Because I know my self-esteem. I'm not looking for accolations. I'm just looking to be myself. So now let's try it by repeating after me. Okay, is that okay with you, Ken? Yep. Let's go. My self-esteem. My self-esteem does not depend. Does not depend on anything. On anything outside of me. Outside of me. My self-esteem. My self-esteem depends. Depends on my relationship. On my relationship with myself. With myself and my higher power. And my higher power. I love that. And my higher power. You know, the Native Americans say that we come from stars. You know, nobody knows where we really came from or who we are or what we are, where in the heck we live in the middle of this universe. So it depends on your relationship with yourself and you believe that there is something greater than you. I mean, I look at the garden sometimes and, you know, Ken is a master gardener and I look at some of these these plants, some of these flowers that come up and I say, where in the heck did they come from? How did this happen? How did that beautiful color happen to come forward? Because there's a power greater than us that's at, at, at work all the time. And, you know, we look at global warming, look at wars, we look at all the destruction human beings do. And guess what? You know, they might throw us off the planet, but the planet will survive. The plants will survive. You know, the dinosaurs left us, and <laughs> here we are. So it's really important when you look at self-esteem to recognize don't let anything outside of you define who you are. You know, I went back to school at 30. I was 30 years old. I was the youngest person. I mean, excuse the youngest. I wish I was the oldest person in the class. It was, I was mystified that I was at 30. I was the oldest person in most of my classes. I took Afro-Haitian dancing when I was 35, and I was definitely the oldest one in the class. I mean, I almost felt like, oh, my goodness, were these young people, how do they see me and how do they perceive me? But I persisted because I wanted to do the dance. And I didn't let my self-esteem, I didn't let my feeling of inadequacy take over. I let my feeling of, I can conquer this as long as I practice. I can do whatever I want as long as I put my intention on it and take the steps it takes to get there. And guess what? At 37, I stood on the stage getting third in my class, getting a master's degree. And let me tell you something, it was a proud moment. But it took all that affirmation about myself I can do it you can do it you can do it and when later on in life when I had a grandson and I took him to the nursery and picked him up one day and he's telling me crying that his teacher told him that he was a bad boy I wrote that pledge for him and I says no Ryan your self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of you 
your self-esteem depends on your relationship with yourself and a higher power. Of course, I had explained higher power. And ditto, I added, and grandma. <laughs> I thought, why not? Anyway, that's a lot to think about. And you can go on www.womenspaces.com. You can see the pledge. You can take a copy of it. Hey, Give a donation to the station, and I'm happy to send you a pledge, little card. Actually, I figured it out. I can't believe there are about 7,000 cards out there with the self-esteem pledge. In fact, if anybody out there is listening has one, email me. Let me know that you have it. Let me know where it is. Oftentimes, people say, oh, it's by my computer. Oh, it's in my wallet. So it's kind of interesting. So that's a lot to think about. Well, you know, let's go back. I'm going to go back a little bit that we are doing Memorial Day. And we're going to take a musical break. And there's this one song. Now, I don't know. I I can't quite put my finger on it if it's a good Memorial Day song or not. But it's it's by the Dixie Chicks. And it's called Traveling Soldier. And the th- what I like about this song, it's a rather long song. But it's a story. It's a story of a soldier who meets a woman. And all of a sudden he has nobody and she's going to ride him. And then all the different things that take place during wars. So just listen to it. And when we come back, when we come back... I'm going to do a, a little bit more history and maybe perhaps read a poem. And I just want, I want this to be, I want to dedicate this song to all mothers, wives, children, sons, husbands, fathers who are involved in wars. It just, just tells a great story about waiting and love and sometimes the heartbreak and joy that happens during these times. So let's go ahead and listen to Traveling Soldier, sung by the Gypsy Six.
It really gets me. It really does. Well, for you just joining in, you are listening to KBBF 89.1 FM, Calistoga, Santa Rosa. I want to remind my listeners that the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of KBBF, its board of directors, its members, or women's spaces. Well, welcome back. You are listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And uh, we're going to continue our conversation about Memorial Day, its history, and also just talk about a few things that are going around with the uh, pandemic. I know that Santa Rosa and uh, Sonoma County is starting to open up. I know San Francisco is starting to open up, and there's all all kinds of uh things coming out it's spiking up here it's not spiking up there and just people are going nuts across the country and i thought i thought i would just address i would just address some of the protests that are going on that are really very problematic to me when i think about it you know particularly the one i can't remember what state it was but the a bunch of uh, armed militia people came out and they threatened the governor if they didn't open the state and are calling the pandemic a ho- uh, hoax and all that other stuff and people gathering on beaches not wearing masses you know coming together and and you know you got to start thinking about folks you got to start thinking about this this is really a serious issue this is not a joke you know we have lost 97,000 people at this point you know and you want to put spins on them oh they're old or they're this or that you can put your spin on anything you want but children are also being affected right now Adults and children. When I look at when I look at the age range that's happening here in Sonoma County, there's no the the, the virus is not saying only I'm going to hit that age group. It's hitting age groups across across the line here. You know, then people shouting out. You know, particularly this poor governor threatening to kill her and calling her a Nazi. You know, you need to start checking out the Holocaust. You need to start doing, they need to start doing some deep research. You know, you can't call this country a Nazis for asking us to go into shelter in place or to wear masks or to be six feet apart to protect one another. I mean, for heaven's sakes, we're a free country. You know, we're all at choice. We can, of course, we can protest this. We have the First Amendment right. But what are we gaining? Why are we protesting this? Why aren't we protesting the children at the borders? You know, why aren't we protesting to end all these wars? Look what's happening on the Gaza Strip in Palestine. I mean, that's really something to to protest about. And what about the climate change? All the different cities and states and countries that are affected, that nothing is happening, that people are just here, particularly in this country, we're destroying things that create a a more viable climate. And believe it or not, we've just had this pandemic who's given us a rest where the air has actually cleaned itself up a little bit. And we can see what clean air feels like. 
Those are the things we should be protesting, not because we have to wear a mask. And folks who have children, for God's sakes, why would you want to expose them in any way? I know when I was a young mother, if just the slightest thing came up. You know, I remember my mother telling me we couldn't go swimming anymore because polio was rampant in the waters. That was a freedom of choice. She wanted to protect her child to protect herself because adults were getting, I mean, Franklin Roosevelt got polio from dumping in the water. So we have to start thinking about these things. And, you know, we call ourselves a Christian nation, you know, and there's a, there's a big question that I've heard a long time ago. It says, Are, am, I, am I my brother's keeper? Well, I think we have an obligation to each other. We live in a country. We're a family of humanity. We need to take care of each other. And I ask those people that are protesting, what are you mad about? You know, I understand. I understand from the deepest part of my big toe that many of us are very frustrated with the government. We can't trust him. We don't know who to trust. We don't know what to trust. But I think with this pandemic, what I have been listening to, there are some really good sources that we can trust. And it's called, quote, science science is giving us information and that's what we have to pay attention to and also we have to pay attention to the fact that if we don't protect ourselves then we're not taking care of anybody else you know there's an old saying in the bible i believe it was a man by the name of jesus said it love your neighbor as yourself you know what that means protect yourself so you can protect your neighbor it's real simple to me so please folks when you're out there Please consider other people. And it's very interesting. I talked to one of our uh, Santa Rosa police uh, officers, a, a sergeant, actually. And I asked him, you know, when they protested here in Santa Rosa, I noticed they were very, very, very calm with them. And I asked him, what are you trying to do? You know, they're not trying to be big bullies. That much I have to give them. What they're trying to do is just educate people, encourage them to wear a mask, encourage them to separate themselves and to start thinking about what they're doing. And considering the First Amendment rights, that yes, you do have a right to protest. But I think the protest should be, let's get, let's get more mass, let's get the healing, let's start having our country look at this, that it's a real pandemic and that we have a real problem here. So, in conclusion, what I'm asking you to do is think about it. Think about what your part is. And remember with that quote that I said with Jane Godel, We all have impact. Let's start thinking about each other. Let's start thinking about each other as a family of humanity. And I think oftentimes we forget, we forget that we live in this great mystery. We live in this great universe. You know, I love what the Native American people say, that we come from the stars. Imagine stardust just floating on the earth and all of a sudden creates a flower or a vegetable or a human being, a fish. You know, all the different things that we have on this planet that are so beautiful that we forget. We forget about the mystery. We forget about the mystery of love. We forget about the mystery we all share together. And as women, as women, we forget the deepest mystery that we hold. And that's the mystery to bring forward life to nurture it I mean I'm watching my great granddaughter uh, grow and I can't believe it I saw her when she was three minutes old and now she's almost two years old and she's calling my, my daughter Nana this little miracle how it's evolving 
it's, it's just amazing. Uh, my daughter Susan got me a picture on a canvas. It's beautiful, and she fell on some leaves on their property. And I'm looking at this little baby, you know, almost two years old, laying on the leaves with this big smile on her face, you know, because she's fed, she's loved, she's nurtured, she's paid attention to, she's given what every child on this planet deserves to have, a decent opportunity to live a good life, to become part of the human family in peace. And it's all up to all of us. To come together, to come together as women and saying, enough is enough. Let's start supporting life, not death. So I picked this song, and one of my favorite singers, and I know I've said this over and over, is Leanne Rimes. I mean, she's a country western singer, but I'll tell you something. She puts it, every time she sings a song, I mean, I just, I have to listen to it a hundred times. And this is a song that was made famous by Bette Midler called The Rose. And the reason that I'm playing it is because I just want us to think about, think about love. Think about the mystery. You know, right now we're planting seeds in the garden. You know, uh, Ken collects seeds. And I didn't know people could collect seeds until I met him. And he's collecting all these seeds. And so what are you going to do with them? And then he showed me one day. Put it in the ground. Nothing. Just a seed goes in the ground, flat. There's some dirt over it. You know, put a little water on it. About a week goes by, and he calls me out, and he says, look, and there's a little, there's a little, like, leaf coming out, you know, and I thought, wow, life, life, and that leaf is going to turn into a squash, and I'm going to be able to eat that squash and get, you know, get nutrition. How does that happen? None of us know. That's why I say we live in a mystery. Oh, we can do all kinds of analysis. Oh, yeah, if you put this fertilizer and if you do this or if you have it in this area, the sun and all that. Oh, we can do all kinds of things to try to figure it out. And we do figure things out pretty well. But it doesn't matter. It's still a mystery. So let's go ahead and listen to uh, Leon Rhyme singing The Rose. And when we come back, I'm going to read one of my poems. Some say love, it is a river that drowns the tender Some say love, it is a razor that leaves your soul to bleed. 
Oh, it's the dream afraid of wakening that never takes a chance. What a line. What a line. The dream afraid of waking that never takes a chance. You know, my dream is peace. Anyway, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Faces. I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And today we're talking about Memorial Day. We did the Women's Faces Pledge. And now I'm going to read you a poem. And this is also in dedication to Memorial Day. And, you know, I when I found this poem, i got to tell you something. I don't know if you call it a poem. It's, it's, it's prose, let's put it that way. People debate whether it's poetry or prose with my writing. But I don't know when I wrote this. And it was very interesting when I read it. I thought, yes, this must have come from the great mystery because all of a sudden it popped out. It's called Stopping the Next War by Elaine B. Holtz. That's me. Here we go. If only human beings could see that greed does not feed our needs. If only human beings would understand the mystery we all share. The mystery of existing on a ball floating in a universe together yet separate if only the human beings would see that it is simple to live in harmony watch the freeway on a busy day notice how we help each other along the way if only mothers and fathers would see that it's their sons and daughters who are soldiers fighting the battles and killing other mothers and fathers sons and daughters if only parents would say enough If only we would collectively see that what we do today affects all tomorrows, ever aware that humankind suffers enough without the strife of war's sorrow. If only we could acknowledge that it is more than peace we are seeking, like freedom to live and have all we need to survive so we can all stay alive, like clean water and air, fresh food, safe shelter, and above all, a choice over our own bodies, our own lives. If only we would all acknowledge that we all have a part in what we bring forward, whether it is war, freedom, or peace. If only we as a human family would aspire to love your neighbor as yourself, then I believe we would all stop the next war, perhaps all wars. Well, that is a pretty powerful piece of writing. When I read it, I thought to myself, I can't believe you wrote it, Elaine, but I did. And it's really a message at the end. If only the human family would aspire to love your neighbor as yourself, then I would believe we would stop the next war, perhaps all wars. And you know what the demonstrators are telling me, too, when they're out there screaming and and all the frustrations they have, is the war that we're all having with ourselves. You know, it's a real interesting thought. It really is. I remember long ago when I was a motivational speaker. It was very interesting. I used to do this presentation called Successful Thinking, Successful Living. And I used to get paid for it, believe it or not. And I did a secretarial's association. It was a real big meeting, and I really got a handsome sum to do this uh, event. And there was a woman that was way in the back 
I mean, way in the back, and I could just see there was fire coming out of her eyes. I knew she was going to be the first one to jump up in the front when I asked for questions, and oh boy, was I right. She came right up the minute I said, anybody got any comments or questions? And she jumped from the back of the room to the front, and we had eye contact. And I freaked out. I thought, oh, my God. You know, there was a stabbing, actually, in in Sonoma County at that time. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I hope she's not going to hurt me. And all of a sudden, she started yelling at me. She says, I'm tired of you motivational speakers. If everything's so wonderful, why do we have all this war and hunger? Well, guess what? I left my body. I mean, here I was. There must have been at least 120 people in the audience. And I left my body. And I thought, what a question. How can I answer that? And suddenly, this voice came to me. And it says, tell her, Elaine, that all wars and hunger are a manifestation of our own self-hate. And I came down and I said that to her. And she backed off. She looked at me like, oh, wow, that's some answer. And I even said that once we look into ourselves and see what part are we playing. You know, it could be as simple as you not voting. You know, it's as simple as, you know, all of a sudden someone does something at the office that you know is horrible and you're just quiet about it. All these things, it's just it's our own fears, our own self-hate, our own unworthiness that something sometimes governs us. And I've been thinking about that for years and years and years and years. What does that mean, a manifestation of our own self-hate? We're not taught to love ourselves. We're taught we're not good enough, we're not pretty enough, we're not right enough. You know, all the you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not, you should be, you should be, you should be is enough to drive us all crazy. So it's really important, it's really important that we go within and we learn that we are okay. And we learn to love ourselves and learn to see what we need. Like I need air, water, health care, all the things I need, good food. Well, so does my neighbor and so does my neighbor's children. And on and on I could go. So it's something to think about. Well, as I always do when I say there's something to think about, I always have a song to support that idea. And I love, I'll tell you, I love the songs I find. I, you know, I do a lot of research on them. And when I found Becky Hobbs, I mean, I, I'll tell you, I fell in love with her. Her and Leanne Himes, as far as I'm concerned, are the greatest songwriters and singers that, that I've heard in a long time. So we're going to play her song that I really love. Is it Let There Be Peace. And, 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 you know, the story about the song is Let There Be Peace. It's about her great, great, I think it's five great grandmothers, Naya Hay who was a Cherokee uh, Indian, uh, Native American, who fought the uh, fought in the wars, uh, the Wallow Wars, they called them. And they called for peace after the wars. I mean, it was a very, very, very interesting story. So let's go ahead and listen to Let There Be Peace, sung by Becky Hobbs, and then when we come back, I have another poem, and then we're going to say goodbye for the morning. In the land of the Cherokee I did my chores But I knew there was more Than my eyes could see I married young He was brave and strong But he died fighting for his creed took his place, but I vowed someday that we would 
dragged on to the warrior's son. Now think about what that means. That means that we've been in eternal war. I mean, for heaven's sake, so much damage has been done on this planet. It's just ridiculous, to be honest with you. Anyway, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces. I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz, and we have been talking about Memorial Day. We've done the Women's Spaces Pledge, and I've also read some poetry, and I'm going to read a final poem, and hopefully we have uh, time for one last song. I'm not sure. We're Oh, we're coming to the end of the clock for sure. Okay, this uh, this poem is something I wrote. I wrote for my little girl, actually, when she was about maybe 
six or seven years old and we were watching something on the news there was a protest and she started asking me all kinds of questions so this is what I wrote so this poem was written for my beautiful daughter Susan Jensen why what does all this mean a child sat by a lake one day asking what does this all mean who am I where am I going how do I fit into the scheme I sat down beside him and looked into his eyes and saw the reflections of so many wise. I've too questioned my child, and there's so much to say, but in all my searching and knowing, I can't show you the way. I can only try to explain what I see. Maybe you can show me how it could be. You see, life has many a game. The hardest to play is the one for frame when we look for fame we look for power in this quest you might say man has wasted many a life many an hour are we all like are we all so ant-like and insecure that for fame and power so much we endure the game of war it's not hard to understand just fighting and killing man to man what is hard to understand are the men who are willing they fight in the name of pride and nation pride and nation my god I see no reason for this frustration the hardest the amazing yet saddest part is all wars are fought in the name of peace so you'd see my dear child I too ask why well, that's a very, very interesting note to end on. There's a lot to think about. I realize that. And, you know, this is, I tried to do a solo every once in a while on this show just to, you know, kind of get, do an interview with me. And I actually get interviews and people want to know who I am and what I'm doing. And it's very, very interesting. Interesting doing a, a radio show, having a voice. You know, and I want to be a voice for you. So if you listen to the show and you like it, you know, I love feedback. So I've changed my email. You know, I had to change my email. I'm having so much trouble with the women's spaces email. So email me at E L A I N E middle initial B Holtz H O L T Z at Gmail dot com. That's Elaine B Holtz at Gmail dot com. Well folks, that's it for our show. A special thank you to all my listeners, and I want to acknowledge my uncle Nathan Dorfman, Dorfman, Ken's father Don Norton, and his uncle Jerry for serving in World War II. When I asked my uncle Nunny, that's what we called him, what was lore like, he said to me, any man who has seen battle in war will never send his son to go to war. My sweet uncle suffered from PSD all his life. This is Elaine B. Holtz. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening, and I will be with you the next time. It's true. She knows a simple way to touch, to make you whole now. Other woman in your life, she can touch so easily. She knows everything you because the woman in your life is you And who knows more about your story 
about your struggles in the world. Who cares more to bless your weary shoulders than the woman in your life as she's trying to come through? A woman's voice with messages. Woman's feelings, all oh, a woman in your life. She can feel so easily. She knows everything you do because the woman in your life is you. And who is sure to give you courage? And who will surely make you strong? Take you home now, the woman in your life. She can wait so easily. She knows everything you do because the woman in your life is you. Because the woman in your life, the woman in your life, the woman in your life is. The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, May 25th, 2020.